And welcome back to part two of Sacred Space 102, a Come and See Inspirations production here on West Limerick 102. My name is Shane Ambrose. I'm delighted to have you back on this morning's programme. And myself and John are delighted to welcome back uh, on the programme this morning a good friend of the programme, Father Eamon Conway. Good morning, Eamon. How are things? I'm doing very well, Shane. Delighted to be with you all. Uh, lovely to be with your listeners this morning. And thank you for the invitation to be back with you. It's good to have you back, Eamon. And Father Eamon joins us on this morning's programme. So we are actually going to be talking about another encyclical that has been issued by Pope Francis called Fratelli Tutti. And uh, Father Eamon is going to help us work through the document this morning. So I suppose, Eamon, just to start out, I suppose the first question is, what's an encyclical? So uh, people maybe who, who work in the public service are well aware that uh, governments often issue various documents, you know, and those who teach in schools are well used to the department's circulars. But, of course, you know, they have various levels of authority. So, you know, something that comes like from, say, a secretary in an office is very different from in my work in the college where I teach. If the president sends something personally, it's up in the level of authority that has been claimed or exercised. And so in terms of popes, it's much the same. There are various levels of which do of documents and I suppose the level of acceptance of the teaching that they contain that we as Catholics are required to give. Encyclicals are well up there. They're way up there. And uh, popes uh, issue a number of encyclicals, usually depending on the length of their pontificates. The word encyclical itself, probably in the English, we call it a circular. But as I say, it's more than just an ordinary piece of correspondence. It actually becomes part of the formal uh, teaching of the church. Now, within encyclicals, then, there is a whole uh, raft of encyclicals that are referred to as as, as part of the church's social teaching. So mm. this is in terms of how human beings are called to relate to one another. So they're not necessarily clarifying aspects of, of doctrine, like trying to understand how Jesus is both human and divine or, um, uh, you know, something to do with uh, faith. For example... Uh, the first encyclical signed by Pope Francis, this is his third, by the way, the, the first encyclical signed by Pope Francis is called Lumen Fide, and usually the titles are in Latin, though not always. Uh, Lumen Fide means the light of faith. So that's really talking about the nature of faith and how do we live faith in contemporary society. In fact, it was written by Pope Benedict almost entirely, but he resigned before he got a chance to sign it. So it was formally signed by Pope Francis. Then Pope Francis uh, wrote the one we have discussed on this program before uh, called uh, Laudato Si. Now, Laudato Si uh, is actually Italian, old Italian, uh, from a prayer by St. Francis of Assisi, which means praise be you. And that, of course, is a hallmark uh, encyclical teaching on care for our common home, care for our planet, on uh, the church's uh, teaching on ecology. But over the years, uh, we've had several uh, social encyclicals. For example, the one that comes to my mind immediately that meant a lot to me when I was studying theology first was John Paul II called Laborum Exertions, which was on the nature of work and the nature of human work and the dignity of people in the workplace. And for example, in that he talks about how uh, work is, in a sense, a human right. We have a right to be able to work and that, um, that what gives work its value is that it's done by a human being. Uh, that's the most important thing, whether one is a, a very exalted job or a different kind of job, uh, you know, and so on. So the church's social teaching deals with various aspects of how we organize and relate to each other as human beings. 
And so Fratelli Tutti, which in fact is Italian in title, means uh, brothers all. Now, there was a lot of controversy before it came out, and a lot of people, a lot of women were jumping up and down. Surely it should be brothers and sisters all. And all I'd say about that is, yeah, there might have been a bit of tone deafness there uh, in terms of how this might be heard, in particularly in English language countries. To be honest, in a lot of countries, this doesn't really matter, simply because Fratelli, Sorelli, uh, you know, these terms, when they're being used singularly like that, are taken to mean men and women, uh, really. They don't just, it becomes too burdensome uh, in those languages uh, to repeat everything. Uh, so very often they're just happy enough to let it go. But look, at, uh, it is addressed to all human, all humankind, really. And let's be mm. clear about that, not get distracted by some discussion. Uh, frankly, I, I have a little bit of impatience uh, for that. So Fratelli Tutti is Pope Francis' third encyclical following Lumen Fide, uh, Laudato Si, and now we're dealing with uh, Fratelli Tutti, and that's why you've asked Fratelli me Tutti. to hear. Indeed. Now, looking through the document, I don't know, if, I, if you were to kind of, I suppose one of the things with church documents is sometimes they can be a bit cumbersome, you know, um, to kind of to, to kind of read through. And and this one, to be honest, was, was, was no exception. It was challenging to get through. But I think for me, I suppose there's a couple of key themes that seem to come out of it. Uh, one of the key ones being seemed to be Pope Francis' use of the term fraternal or fraternity, rather. Um, and I'm just kind of, from your own read of the document, if you were to pick out kind of the, maybe two to three main themes that came across, what was it that struck you about the document? Okay, so I suppose the first thing I would say is that um, what we're what we're uh, dealing with here is the Pope's, um, it's a summary really of themes we have heard from Pope Francis throughout his pontificate, right from the very word go. Um, you know, the, the joke they say about somebody, This is he's a man of few words, but he keeps repeating them. Uh, there's some truth mm -hmm. in this. I mean, Pope Francis has a number of constant themes and he's, he's mentioned them in homilies. He mentions them in catechesis. He mentions them on papal visits. Again, in terms of church teaching, because they're, if you like, ca not casual, but they're they're not as formal communiques. They don't carry the same weight. He's put them together in this encyclical. So, I mean, the first point I pick out about this is that this is he's speaking of things he's often been speaking about with a level of authority that he hasn't otherwise invoked. And so giving them a certain level of authority by inserting them into the church's uh, formal social teaching. I think the second thing I would say is you picked up on the word fraternity. And again, of course, that's gender specific because the female version is sorority, which we wouldn't use. Um, but the better word, I think, for this is solidarity. He's calling for a level of human solidarity uh, throughout humankind. And he's looking to see what can we all agree on, even though we may not be Christians, we may not be Catholics. What can we all actually agree on in terms of what is of interest and is that what is at the heart of uh, what it is to be a human person? And in fact, one of the inspirations for um, for this document, which he uh, acknowledges in, in the course of it, is his uh, dialogue in particular with the grand imam uh, of Al-Azhar Ahmad Al-Tayeb. I probably made a mess of pronouncing that. Uh, he did with him, which led to a document on human fraternity, uh, which um, re reveals a global reality, I suppose, in which the vulnerable and the marginalized who are at the heart of Pope Francis' pontificate uh, have paid the price for exploitation, for technological um, uh, exploitation and the, the inequalities that 
technological development uh, have caused in our world. So he um, he already saw, I suppose, very much that there is a, a sense of um, uh, potential for for an appeal to uh, humanity universally in those earlier conversations. And that seems to be what he's building upon here in this. So in terms of three points, the first one I'd say is that he's speaking with authority about issues he has spoken about throughout his pontificate. Uh, he's uh, building on his dialogue uh, with the imam to appeal uh, for a global solidarity. And then he actually dives into a number of key problems and issues. He gets quite specific. He talks about racism. He talks about immigration. Uh, he talks about interreligious dialogue. Uh, he, I suppose he gets to the core of the theological uh, specific dimension of this when he expounds on the parable of the Good Samaritan. And, you know, the, 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 that in a sense that at the heart of, of what it is to be a human person is that, that spontaneous sense of responding to those who are in need. Um, and uh, really what he's saying to us as Catholics, as Christians, is please be aware of the, of the demands which your faith puts, puts upon you in terms of love of neighbor. That's really what he's, I think, what he's calling for, what he's, what he's talking about. Um, you know, I suppose the whole thing about the church's social teaching, and this is very much what we're talking about here, um, it has been said that it's among the church's best kept secrets, you know, that we haven't really uh, had it foregrounded as much. Uh, you know, people don't immediately think of the church's teaching on social justice when they think of, of, of the moral demands that are placed upon them. Uh, you know, and I remember hearing somebody, uh, Bishop, talk about this at one stage, you know, that uh, the, the, you know, that in, very often in, in, in confession and so on, people would list out all their sexual sins, but their, the, the, the ways in which we would cheat each other, the way we would uh, maybe, you know, diminish other people by living a life of greed and so on, uh, that we're not at all as conscientized about those issues. And there's a liberation theologian called Albert Nolan, a Dominican. I, I, I remember reading a book of his years ago, but he says more mortal sins are committed in boardrooms than in bedrooms. And I think, uh, you know, Pope Francis is very much uh, alerting us to the way in which powerful people sit back very comfortably and at a safe distance from the marginalized and those living on the peripheries and sign documents and make decisions that impact profoundly on their lives out of greed and selfishness. And I suppose he's calling each one of us within the realm of influence and power we have, including when we can hold people responsible at elections as well, but also in terms of our own daily lives, uh, to be aware of the demands of social justice and how we interact and how we respond to people. Now, let me just say straight away before I, I, I let go of this, um, it's not as if, for example, for Pope Francis, sexual morality isn't also important. Absolutely it is. And he has spoken a lot when he talks about ecology and care for the earth. He talks about how the book of nature is one and indivisible. So Pope Francis has been very strong about accepting what he calls, quoting Pope Benedict, that the rhythm, uh, uh, that we need to respect the, the rhythm of nature that, is, that the creator has written into us by creating us. In other words, human nature is not simply something we can exploit and manipulate and so on. And he, he utterly defends what he calls the colonization, uh, sorry, rather condemns the colonization of the family. And he sees, he says, humanity 
um, humanity makes progress only through the family. The family is the unit that needs to be so protected and so on. So, you know, there's a connection between, if you like, care of the earth, social justice, and human ecology, as he calls it. These are all interconnected aspects. But in Fratelli Tutti in particular, he's talking about uh, the church's social teaching, social responsibility, and seeking to build, um, how would you say it, a solidarity across uh, religious divides, sociocultural divides, uh, uh, and so on. I suppose, Eamon, one of the questions that could be asked, and I know this has been some of the reaction, uh, particularly in the United States, where there are certain quarters that particularly don't like Francis, but there is very much some people that would interpret a document like this very much from the point of view of um, secular politics. And they would describe it very much in the context of why is the Pope talking about things like racism, immigration, the death penalty, uh, the organization of politics and social rights, the holding of private property. What has that got to do with the things that we deal with or we do as a church, as a prayer community, as a faith community? And, you know, there's accusations of, you know, the Pope has gone red, he's gone communist or socialist. You know, the very red button issues for certain people as well. Uh, where, where does that come into that whole dynamic of, you know, why, why does the church offer a teaching on something like this? I suppose I'm reminded of, when you say that, of John B. Keynes, The Field, you know, the, the scene in, in that play, if you remember it, from the film, where at one stage, uh, when the priest seems to be getting involved in the dispute over the land or over the field, he's told very quickly, now, Father, your domain is inside that, that, that uh, sanctuary, and what happens out here is, is our business, you know? And I suppose we've grown up maybe with a form of Catholicism where we think, you know, as long as we're doing our religious duty, uh, going to Mass and, and maybe taking the sacraments and so on, the rest of it really is our own business, and it's not. Uh, how can I love the God I do not see if I do not love the neighbor whom I do see? And so really, you could summarize all you've talked about there and what we see in Fratelli Tutti in terms of love of neighbor. And that very much is the church's business. Now, you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, Pope Francis, particularly of his teaching on, on care of the earth, care of the common home, many rich Catholic capitalists were very upset, particularly in the United States. And, you know, uh, some bishops are a little concerned that their collection plate might go down a bit after it because, you know, he was he was calling them to task. He was calling people to task over uh, over care of the earth and, and ecological responsibility and calling people to what he called ecological conversion. But it is very much our business. We are stewards of creation. We are also stewards of one another. Uh, as co-human beings, as fellow human beings. We have a responsibility for each other, even for those most marginalized and most removed, in a sense, in physical distancing from ourselves. Um, you know, and I think if ever, if anything, if COVID has taught us anything, we realize now the interconnectedness of all things. Somebody gets sick in Wuhan and the Irish economy collapses, you know? So we're all interconnected. Uh, we all depend upon one another. And um, the reality is that the Pope, in fact, because he doesn't have, as Stalin said, how many legions has the Pope, because he doesn't have armies, he doesn't have legions, he's not a world power. He's not claiming on the basis of having a, a nuclear arsenal to try to influence uh, world opinion. He's claiming it on the basis of truth. He speaks the truth. Truth is self-authenticating. When we hear truth, we know it is the truth. We might like it, but we know it is 
true. And so that is the authority. Um, again, I think it is actually Albert Nolan. Uh, he said that Jesus made truth his authority, not authority his truth. Jesus made truth his authority, not authority his truth. So many people make authority their truth. They claim, I'm the president, I'm whatever, therefore you do X, Y, Z, and so on. And that doesn't cut it anymore. Um, that really doesn't cut it anymore. So I think he, people who try to label the Pope as red or blue or whatever else, they're just trying to get away from the truth of what he's saying. In terms of, you know, if I'm afraid, we're, as usual, it's a program, we're running out of time on this one, Eamon, but in terms of your ordinary Joe Soap that's sitting in, well, I was going to say sitting in the pew, but actually at the moment everyone's sitting in their sitting rooms, um, you know, if in terms of picking up this document and reading through it, what would be your advice? Okay, look at, let's be honest here, it's a long document, okay? Uh -huh. um, there are brilliant summaries of it out there. There's some very good summaries out there. Get a summary. Please expose yourself to the, to the challenge of what Pope Francis is saying. Um, you know, you'll find them on the internet, I'm sure, if people don't want the, uh, a virtual copy, they'll get a, a, a hard copy somewhere. Um, listen to the call to be globally responsible, to think beyond how things that immediately affect us, to move outside of what Pope Francis elsewhere call, has called the globalization of indifference, where we only react when, when, when something lands on our own door when when we when somebody stands on our own toe to actually experience that sense of proximity to other people and again i think we're very good at that in ireland i think we're very generous people in so many ways um but to actually take some responsibility um for things that are not just immediately pressing and affect us but affect our planet both in terms of care for ecology and care for human well-being there are there there, there is huge suffering huge environmental destruction huge destruction of, of cultures going on at our very on our very doorstep at this time. The issues that Pope Francis points to are very real issues. And we're all complicit in them at one level because actually we have um we benefit very often from the exploitation of others. Our lifestyles are only tenable, are only possible and sustainable because others actually suffer. But the issues Pope Francis addresses in this document, I think, are real issues uh, that affect all of us and we're being called to to become more alert, more engaged, more responsible in regard to these issues. Father Raymond, listen, thanks a million for coming on the program today to share with us on that. So that, that of course, what I'm referring to, of course, there is Fratelli Tutti, new encyclical from Pope Francis. And as Eamon said, um, delve into it, like, like a lot of things that Francis says, challenging. And um, if we, if we, if we you know, really get into it, it kind of, you know, he, he puts it up to us. There's no, there's no two ways around that. Pope Francis is a man that challenges us, and it's not something that's happening out there, folks. It's something which each and every one of us has a part to play in it. So as we come to the end of this part two of the program, uh, we have our next piece of music. Uh, John? So the piece of music I thought might be opportune to play at this stage is one sung by Shine. It's entitled Open My Eyes, Lord. So join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God.
Love, love. 